DiscerningHearts.com presents Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections, with Monsignor John Essif. Monsignor Essif is a priest in the Diocese of Scranton, Pennsylvania. He has served as a retreat director and confessor to St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. He continues to offer direction and retreats for the Sisters of the Missionaries of Charity. Monsignor Essif encountered St. Padre Pio, who would become a spiritual father to him. He has lived in areas around the world, serving in the Pontifical Missions, a Catholic organization established by St. Pope John Paul II to bring the good news to the world, especially to the poor. He continues to serve as a retreat leader and director to bishops, priests, sisters, seminarians, and other religious leaders. Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. What's on your heart today? Today, what's on my heart is that Jesus, in his example to us of going into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was tempted and by the devil. But it is not the devil who took him there. It's the Holy Spirit. And so it is with the church. This very holy season is like a driving force in the whole world, the church is being invited, but actually there's like a, an empuja, as they say in Spanish. This being like pushed, urged. And there's, there's this, I, I believe, a spirit in every Christian and in everyone in the world, really, the Holy Spirit inviting all of us into special time of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. It's like a, a spirit throughout the whole world. And you, you can hear it in the gospel of today's Mass. It's the spirit drove Jesus out into the desert. That's right after he's been baptized by John. And there he remained for 40 days and 40 nights and was tempted by Satan. He was with the wild beasts and the angels looked after him. I remember once the only I was stationed in the Satura Desert for about oh I was there for five years, and it's the driest desert in the Western Hemisphere, west coast of South America, and it's it's a long strip of of desert, and it hardly rains there. And while I was there in 1968. I thought, this is the closest I'm going to be to a desert place. And I think, because I'm from Pennsylvania, you know, I just have never, I don't live in that kind of atmosphere. So I thought, well, maybe here would be a good place. And so when I made my retreat in 1968, I thought I'd make it in the desert. So I took my Jeep and I filled it with 10-gallon cans of water. And I went out into the desert. And I thought, I just don't know how long I could fast. But I'm going to try and experience in some way what Jesus had. 40 days and 40 nights. No way would I be able to do that. But I could do a day at a time. And so as I drove out into the desert, the only thing I had was my mass kit. And the only food I had was communion each day. And I remember the first day, you know, getting there. They had the algaroba tree there. 
And so I got under an agaroba tree, and that's where I kind of made my little home. As I sat there, the heat of the day, and then how quickly the desert chills at night. And then the stars are so brilliant when you're away from the city and the lights of the desert. They were just like immensely bright. The number of stars that were there. I had my first day. And I remember it really wasn't too bad. I had my water and prayer. And then the second day, and I had my scriptures, and I was praying, and I began to get a headache. Jesus, remember, 40 days and 40 nights, the third day and the fourth day and the fifth day. I did stay there six days. And one of the things that I noticed, and it's the, the, the connection between fasting and prayer, the intensity with which you can begin to pray. And you don't need very much sleep. I didn't sleep very much. And I, I really felt I didn't need it. And so when Jesus is there, can you imagine our Savior being there 40 days and 40 nights? And the intensity of my vision, I am a very poor with my vision, but I could actually see the little lizards going across the desert. I could see the fox running. It was just an intensely experience of the intensity with which all my senses came alive. So that it has always been a help to me. What fasting does and what prayer does, I would in no way invite anyone to do that kind of fasting and prayer. It's just that I did experience that and to think what a physical power Jesus was in himself to be able to endure 40 days and 40 nights and then to be tempted in the middle of that by the devil. And he was there in the wilderness and angels looked after him. As this invitation comes to all of us, here is really the the key to this season. After John had been arrested, Jesus went into Galilee. There he proclaimed the good news from God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is close. In this world, right at this time, all of the things that are occurring around us, that's what's really being said by the whole world. The kingdom of God is close. It's close at hand. And this is the message of of Lent. Repent and believe the good news. All of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, we are sinners. Sin is consuming the world. This fight with regard to the devil and God. There's a constant call. Repent. That's the news. That's the message of Lent. Repent and believe the good news. Repent. And how are you going to do that? This is a time when the Holy Spirit is coming upon the world. And the Holy Spirit in every human heart 
is bringing to our conscience our awareness of sin. And so in 1 Peter, in the third chapter, the 18th to the 22nd verses, Christ himself, innocent though he was, had died once for sin, died for the guilty to lead us to God. In the body, he was put to death. In the spirit, he was raised to life. And in the spirit, he went to preach to the spirits in prison. Now it was long ago when Noah was still building that ark, which saved only a small group of eight people. So the baptism that you and I have received, and all of us, has cleansed us from our sins. But what is the conscience that the four, these 40 days are bringing to us and making us aware of? Our conscience makes us aware that though we have been baptized by water and the Holy Spirit, though we have been cleansed by baptism water, we are sinners. And so you, your family, your parish, and the world around us, all of us are called to repentance because everyone who is in Christ Jesus and only one who is sinless is Christ. He who died and rose from the dead is here. It's his suffering, his death, and his resurrection into which we have been baptized. But nonetheless, every single person is a sinner. And so if you're Christian, what is there separating you from Jesus? Lent is a special time that the Holy Spirit comes and clarifies, oh, an awakening, a calling back by the Lord. Our families haven't talked to one another. You and your family have been separated for the longest time, and our family just split. And we haven't been talking to each other for months. And so what is Lent a time? Isn't it time to really bring our family back into healing again? We haven't been talking to each other. We haven't been communicating with each other. And all the gossip and what was going on in our family to separate us and to talk about one another. What is this Lent? Repent and believe the good news. There is something in each one of us that is separating us from the suffering, the dying, and the rising of Jesus Christ, which is central to my whole being as a baptized Christian. Each person is being called to a renewal of their Christian life. The devil is trying us and tempting us individually, in our family, in our parish, in our workplace, wherever we are. This outpouring is an increased time of prayer. God wants us to pray. I would like to read what happened with the Lord as he spoke 
to Noah. It's in Genesis chapter 9. God spoke to Noah and his sons. See, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you, with every living creature to be found with birds and cattle and every wild beast with you. Everything that came out of the ark, everything that lives on the earth, I established. I established my covenant with you. No thing of flesh shall be swept away again by the waters of the flood. There shall be no flood to destroy the earth again. God said, here is the sign of the covenant. I make between myself and you and every living creature with you for all generations. I set my bow. Now, the rainbow is set in the clouds and shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I gather the clouds over the earth and the bow appears in the clouds, I will recall the covenant between myself and you and every living creature and every kind of creature. And so the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all things of the flesh. The mercy and the love of God is so, so powerful. God never, ever wants to destroy us or hurt us. The infinite mercy of God. So he puts there a sign over the whole earth. Mankind has gone astray. What is Jesus saying to us this first Sunday of Lent? these next 40 days that we're preparing for Easter, repent. Let your consciences be so enlightened by my Holy Spirit, which I will send. The Spirit of the Lord drove him into the desert. That same Spirit is powerful. We've had winds around here in this, these past days, in this, this kind of weather. The winds have been so powerful. That's like a sign. That's really what Lent is. It's a driving force of love. The power of God to come into each one of our lives, to open our hearts, to allow ourselves to experience the mercy of God. What is God doing during these 40 days. And we have these beautiful tools of prayer. As we take time, one of my uh, beautiful retreats is taking this time. And of course, the devil always wants to interrupt. And as soon as he gets here, the parish that he's from, there was a leaky roof because of the ice, and it went down into the walls. And he was texted by his assistant, as soon as he sees it, he sees it as a, as a temptation. He's come to pray. 
and the devil wants to distract him. And he's done everything he can, texts back, says this is what you should do, and he brought it again to the Lord. God is calling all of us into prayer. It is in prayer that our consciences will be enlightened by the Spirit who's inviting us. And many times the spirit of evil will try and distract us and tempt us. You're being called by the Holy Spirit. And it's always in that place of prayer where the devil will show up and try and distract us. To remain and be truth and be faithful to your time of prayer. This is a special time. This is also a time for fasting, true fasting. Fasting of maybe worry and trusting in divine providence. Fasting from gossip and feasting on seeing the positive good in the other. Fasting on judgment and seeing what God sees in your neighbor. True fasting. We're being called to that, to see the truth and the beauty of Christ in each of us, and also to give alms. What a wonderful time to assess the goods that God has given you and how blessed you are, and to share it with the poor. Forty days and forty nights, Jesus was in the desert. And when he went around preaching, he said, the kingdom of God is close at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Monsignor? Yes? For many people, potentially, during this time, when you go out into the desert, you had that experience yourself of seeing the little lizards and the foxes and all those types of things. And Teresa of Avila, talked about that in the interior castle that as you strive to grow go closer to his majesty in your interiority in that prayer that there will be those things those lizards those little creepy crawlies she would call them but as you said it's it's the devil coming at us but are we really good at seeing them? sometimes is it possible that in that desert in that time with god he may reveal some things to us we just don't want to see. We won't acknowledge and we run away. It, that, it, can that be a danger for us as well? Yes, you know, and especially those who are still in the first castle where God is calling us during this Lenten season. And there are snakes and scorpions and deadly things. Like if you're being really tempted with hatred of, of, a, of a brother or sister, or if you're being tempted with lust and you don't even notice it, it's as the light begins to dawn in that castle that you begin to see, this is deadly. This is a real scorpion. This is something that can kill the divine life. And then even as the light intensifies, she goes on to talk about that second castle where it's not just mortal sin 
and that which will kill us, but it's the flies and the little mounds of ants and, and, and the mosquitoes that are going to so annoyingly enter into our house and our castle. And only really the light and the Holy Spirit that brings them to light. How we can live in these castles with sin, and actually you can live, and God wants and is calling you to live more purely in your house. Each of us is being called, and St. Teresa of Avila that you bring up, is, is, is how, how does that light come in through the conscience, as St. Peter said? You know, as you become aware that Jesus is dying in you, suffering in you, rising in you, as that light through the power of the Spirit begins to be, you become aware of who I am and who the Father sees me to be, my castle becomes cleansed. And he is there. Repent and believe the good news. And the good news is that I am in Jesus and Jesus is in me and that God is my father and he loves me as much as he loves Jesus. And the spirit is being poured upon me and crying out, Abba, Father. <clears throat> One of those dangers, Monsignor, when um, could we say is pride. And it's not even so much the pride that comes with I'm more important or I hold on to things, but that we also have to be very careful of a spiritual pride. That in that growing awareness of how much we're loved, that it's not because, help me with this, it's not because we're so special, but more like the Blessed Mother, that we're more humble and that we realize that we're all handmaids and servants of the Lord. Does that make sense? I did. I, I met a person recently who's extremely gifted spiritually, and the person was telling me how much they have done for God. And uh, and I, you know, I reminded them that it was God who was doing it. That person isn't the one who's doing it. It's God doing it through that person. You are not the you are not the origin of that. And I said, Well, why did God pick me then? I said, Well, because he couldn't find anyone worse. Because if you if you take the credit to yourself, yeah. Can you imagine just how God continues to use that person and just how much God wants that person to see to bring to repentance. Saint Francis used to say that all the time that God chose him because he couldn't find anyone less. And the little flower certainly learned that because he couldn't find anyone who was so small and insignificant. And so St. Paul was always aware of that same pride that he was never allowed to boast because the devil was buffeting him with these stings of the flesh which he never really told us what they were, but they were th that which kept him. It is in your weakness that you will grow strong. 
And so the gifts that we have will become more aware of. Everything is going to be more beautiful. And when we arrive at Easter, during these 40 days of battle, and it is with Satan, there he is, constantly going at us with, uh, with all these little bugs and with all these distractions and wanting to take us from our goal. Union with God as his child. Final thought, Monsignor? We are earthen vessels being formed by God and we're being made into the images of his son. Precious, precious to the Lord. God bless. You've been listening to Building the Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this program or to browse hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to support our efforts. But most of all, we pray that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com.